0: Hello and welcome to the Pursuing Progress podcast, episode thirty-three, where we have honest conversations to help us fall forward here in this life. And we continue in our series uh, of the purpose-driven life up to day ten, uh, reflection day ten, and it's about the heart of worship. In the fa- in the past few couple um, podcasts, we talk about what it means to yeah to live a life that pleases God and what that you know we were made to glorify God and kind of bring pleasure to Him. But we can do all these kind of outward acts, but the, you know, sometimes when we do things, there's sometimes a disconnect between our heart and the things that we do. Um, and, you know, go to someone who can see the heart and it needs to be something that, you know, he calls us to live that genuine, um, life and worship to be genuine and to come from the heart. And, you know, we paint this picture of, of God, of just all just really airy fairy and really loving, but he, you know, he takes this very, very seriously and very, um, is very straightforward and very blunt about it. Um, he talks about it in Malachi chapter one, uh, he talks to, you know, his people, um, saying, uh, like, when you bring injured, lame, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices. Should I accept them from your hands? Says the Lord. Cursed is a cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I'm a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nation, nations. And, you know, it outwardly, um, you know, they are taking, they are giving sacrifice. So back then, um, you know, the best and the finest was kind of, given as, as a sacrifice, you know, to the Lord as, as a kind of means of showing, Hey, you're the one who provides me and he is, you know, just the first, <laughs> um, first and best of, of my flock. Um, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a heart issue really. Um, and, and what it shows when, you know, you want to sacrifice the blemish animal, or, you know, not the cream of the crop, it's just kind of, kind of showing your heart of, um, saying, you know, it, you just feel like it's yours it's mine um i just i deserve the best you can you know get whatever and i don't know a lot of like this kind of translates a lot to you know a lot of things we do as well uh, we think about you know the parent and child kind of relationship like you can see where the heart is at you know when when you have that interaction you know i'm sure Like I've done it and I'm sure you have as well. You know, when your parent, you know, mom or dad tells you to do something and then, you know, you don't do it. You really don't want to do it. And then, you know, you finally cave in and say, oh, fine, I'll I'll freaking, (laughs) I'll freaking do it then. Like whatever, just for you. Like, although it get, you know, that chore, that task might get done, but I think the heart behind it is just, you know, ungrateful. It's just not there. It's really not connected to, you know, the things that you were doing. And you know, there's a lot of areas in our life where we have to, you know, we might have to kind of do things that our heart really isn't kind of attuned to or really kind of genuine about. And, you know, that's part of life and things are hard and, and difficult, but for the things that, you know, matter, um, you know, it, it, I think it just has a, a lot more weight to to that and and the kind of requirement and the necessity of the heart to be behind the actions that you do, um, becomes more, more paramount in, in those things that, that matter, you know, how you invest in, you know, that's <laughs> about to say stocks, but, um, you know, your relationship with, you know, your current, your, your wife, your, um, you know, the great friendships that you have, you know, how you invest in, in work, how you take care of other people. Um, you know, I've worked in, um, you know, different areas of you know people with different chronic conditions and worked with intellectual disability and and sometimes, yeah, you do hear stories from uh, different clients of you know their past carers and kind of a really, you know, those kind of horror stories that, that you hear where you know the carers just aren't really caring and you know they're just kind of on their phone and really not engaging in the whole kind of relationship and like they are there, they are there if anything happens and they're providing like the absolute minimal kind of amount of care. But yeah, you, you just tell that their heart's not in it and maybe they're just there, you know, for an, e- you know, quote unquote easy job where they're not doing anything, but where, you know, and then you see someone who's so engaged with their, the client and really cares about, you know, their needs and, and yeah, it's really investing in conversation with them. And like, you just see, you know, the heart of, you know, those two people. Um, and there's such a stark difference. And although they might be paid the same, although they might, you know, be, um, yeah, it's the same job of a, of a carer, but seeing where the heart is at, it's going to, you know, make that, kind of relationship like flourish a lot better than the one that really doesn't care or just do it just does it in in terms of, of duty and and like the first sentence of, the, of this book um is you know <laughs> is that the heart of worship is surrender uh, like surrendering to to god to what god asks of you and to give up yourself in regards to that and the whole idea of surrendering is not you know, something that's quite praise or something that's, you know, really valued, I, I suppose, you know, yeah, we, you know, we hold the Swiss for being neutral and not really picking a side. We, you know, there's, yeah, there's just all these negative connotations to kind of surrender and kind of chucking the white flag. And we value, you know, people that, you know, who never give up and, you know, uh, we love the underdog story on you know, people kind of, you know, put down, but they rise up and, and they're like real winners. And, you know, it's not really valuable to celebrate, I guess, the loser or the one that surrenders and kind of gives up themselves, Cause we want to focus so much on being at a better place and, and be winners in life and, and succeed in, in various areas, areas of life. And, and so it's, I think the call comes from, like, you know, God has done so much uh, for us, shown us love, made a way to be reconciled to him through Jesus, you know, saving us um, from an eternity, like, separated from him and saved to a new life, you know, um, obeying him and and loving him. And, like, you know, when someone's done such a great... (laughs) deal uh, of things for us, for our benefit and for our, you know, eternal life later. I think it, a part of it is kind of like, well, I we do owe my life to that. You know, we, we see this very kind of trivial example of, you know, if you've, uh, say, you know, I think from the movie, like meet the parents or meet the fuckers, um, you know, the car, the, the yeah. One of them like saves a child from like a car coming through and then the parents like, oh my gosh, like, thanks for saving, you know, my son's life. Like, I want to name him up. Um, or like, I, don't know, I want to name my next baby after you. And they're just like, oh, really? Like, you know, their name is a bit like out there and quite wild. And so like, that's just the kind of like response from someone who's done so much for you. It's just kind of like you give up, you know, your naming rights, <laughs> I suppose. And and for God and the amount of things that God has done for us, it's kind of like, well, like, here's my life. <laughs> uh, you use it as you will. Kind of thing. And this is, yeah, like the Bible itself tells us to offer ourselves as living sacrifices, you know, holy and pleasing to God. And, and that's such a big call, like 100% of our lives. I don't think there's anyone that can follow that perfectly well there was Jesus but like outside of that (laughs) there's no one that's been able to do that but that's a call that's been given to to Christians who believe in God and you know even though we try you know we strive for it we can we fail inevitably but he still kind of chooses us and cherishes us even in our failings and that's such a beautiful message that we need more of um, in in life uh, really that even though we fail we're still cherished and and loved and 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 chosen and like that's such a liberating kind of truth to to know and to kind of really connect with with your heart and I know like that message is you know very area fairy but like you know on the on the surface of things and you know the call to surrender and not to you know, try to work things out ourselves is, you know, sometimes a bit, you know, it goes against, you know, what we've been taught to do and what we've been brought up to, to strive to achieve. And, you know, definitely there's a lot of barriers to, to this kind of way of thinking because it, yeah, it definitely, you know, causes a bit of tension and rubs against, you know, the things that we like kind of assume is the way to, to life, I suppose. I guess, you know, the first one, the book, kind of goes through is like, Hey, like is God someone I can actually trust? Is God worth kind of putting my trust in and kind of giving my life over to? Because, you know, when you want to commit in that kind of level to, to someone or, or something, you want to know that it's something trustworthy and actually leads to something good. And it's a valid, you know, question you know, that's a general thing for anything. And, you know, when you think about your know, dating relationships and, and marriage and whatnot, you know, you, in the end, you know, if you go down the path of marriage, it's, it's, you're committing your life to, to that person, to work things out together, to be a part of this kind of team that's stuck together to work life out, um, yeah, to be with each other, you know, through thick and thin, you know, the whole sickness and health thing. Um, you know, so that, you will have this like super meaningful connection that's that hopefully will, um, you know, stay strong to, to the end, um, till, till death you do you part. And it is such a wonderful thing, but it just involves this great level of, of trust and and respect. And, you know, when you're a team, you, you know, someone has to kind of make the decisions and the way that Christians view it is, Hey, like, you know, um, you know, the man is created to kind of reflect. You know, the marriage between Jesus and and the Church, where you know he initiates love um, for for the Church, for his bride. Um, you know, initiates you know love and compassion and, and grace, and you know will be held to kind of a you know higher account to make all the kind of big decisions and things like that. And you know, when one person makes the decision and like the team's only going to go forward if there are there's someone who's willing to kind of surrender to that decision decision or kind of submit to that authority and that decision. Otherwise, if, if you you know pulling each other you know in separate ways, that's that's not going to be a very unified marriage. And and so that sense of trust and that sense of respect um, for them you know, for the husband is, is huge. I I can probably, you know, sympathize, um, can't say I empathize with, you know, that woman's position to, yeah, to sit under authority, even if, yeah, the woman might be like smarter, more qualified and kind of more, you know, well-placed to, um, to make better decisions, of course. But you know, God's call on the man in marriage is to be that person that makes those hard decisions and, you know, being like, you know, in a position where like you don't want to tear him down. You want to encourage him to make better decisions and, and whatnot. Like it, it is an act of submission, of, of course, and it, it is a big sacrifice. Um, you know, there are so many wonderful people that are just amazing at what they do and, and yeah, like would be better place for sure. Um, but you know, honoring God's call and in obedience to God's call for the man, it, it leads to him. So it it is just this massive trust on, on both ends. Um, you know, you know, for the man, they're trying to, yeah, we'll be trying to work it out as a go. It's difficult and, having to take responsibility for decisions and things that go wrong and right, um, is, is a really hard place to be. You know, when things go well, it's kind of like, okay, happy days. But you know, when things go badly, like the, you know, the limelight's really on, um, on the guy. And so, you know, like there's that aspect of this there needs to be a deep level of, of trust to be able to submit to someone for sure. And then the other other hand is, you know, in order to trust someone, you need to know them really well. Um, I don't I don't know if I know any examples of, you know, people just taking complete faith in a complete stranger. Um, you know, it's it's just odd. It's just kind of you know, the old saying of taking a stab in the dark and I don't know, just trying your hand at it. And it's just a lot of risk. Um, you know, it's, this isn't like a sense of like, you know, big risk, big reward, you know, cause it can very much go badly, but like, it, yeah, it's probably not helpful to think about it in terms of risk mitigation, but I think, yeah, to to kind of give your heart over to someone, um, and, you know, for your sake, <laughs> it needs to be someone, you know, and trust deeply, um, someone who, yeah, like, you know, that they, you know, love you and want the best for you and, and have and has your best interest at heart. Um, and yeah, there's, there's so many things that, yeah, need to kind of be, considered and and addressed in, in that kind of relationship. And yeah, (laughs) these are things that I'm learning and, you know, hopefully I can take into, you know, future relationship and, you know, lessons I wish I learned, um, you know, before my previous one, but I think it'll, everything has its own, own timing. Um, but, but yeah, I think if you need a reason to, to trust, um, God in it, um i think knowing what he has done for us just without much of our input um comes from 1 John yeah the book of 1 John chapter 3 verse 16 um that says you know god proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners christ died for us and it like it's a sense of you know if you know someone's got that capacity of love and he expressed it to you um That way, it's it's kind of like, well, I think if someone's willing to to do that for me, to you know, send his own son to die for me, um, yet a stranger or yet a sinner who doesn't really like him or want him or you know will pretty much pretty much say hates him, that capacity of love is probably someone you know, pretty up there in regards to someone that you can trust and, uh, really put your life to, you know, um, kind of, yeah, just give your life as, as a result of that and, and have that genuine heart of worship and wanting to, you know, offer your life as a living sacrifice for them. And, you know, it sounds weird to say, but it's, you know, naturally what we do in, in relationships. And, You know, as a wife and a husband, you know, you, you know, you. When you know how deeply someone loves you, and and cares for you, and wants the best for you, and has done a lot to demonstrate that, it becomes so such a natural choice to give your life over and give your heart over and yeah, and be vulnerable and be open and yeah, just kind of like open yourself up to them and and really. Yeah, connect really meaningfully and, and deeply, and and that's what and that's what God wants from us. And um, like I I listened a lot to this uh, American preacher called Matt Chandler uh, in Texas, who who says this line a lot. You know that God is not after your begrudging submission, um, but is is after your heart. Um, you know, he's not. You know. He's, telling you to live this life and it's not like telling you to kind of clean your room or wash your dishes and you're just going, fine, I guess I'll do it. You know, you've been bugging me for hours and hours and days and, and a whole life about it. It's fine. I guess I'll give in and, and do it. Like he wants that genuine heart of like, Hey, like, like you love me. I love you deeply. And, um, I want to, yeah, I, you know, you call me to do these things and I'll willingly do it. Like, with all my heart, you know, hand on heart, like, I wanted to do this, um, yeah, with my life. And, and, yeah, like, it's... It's super countercultural. It's super, like, not what you kind of think of when it comes to, you know, what do you want to live your life for, you know? Like, you, we want to we usually want to live for things that will, you know, we can see kind of, kind of material benefits for, you know, when we work for, when we live for money and and success, we can see it by, you know, our name in lights, or we can see it with, you know, our ability to, you know, buy really nice things and drive really nice cars. Um, Rarely does it, you know, mean that, you know, you live, life sacrificing your, your own needs and, you know, offer your life to, um, to someone else. And so something like marriage is a really good picture of, you know, what God's love is, is for us, um, you know, imperfectly perfect. Um, anyway, so that, I think that's the first barrier and, and a few kind of points of thought, um, in regards to, you know, thinking whether God is someone you can trust or not. And, um, I know that's not going to be a, you know, satisfactory answer. You know, no one's going to listen to this and be like, Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Um, you know, you know, I believe in God straight away. Like it's, it's a long process and there's a lot of things, things to think about. And life is super complicated. So many different things going on. And like, it's, yeah, it's difficult to make, (laughs) make sense of any of it really. But, um, you know, knowing that we there is there is a God that has it has it all figured out would be a nice person to kind of trust and, and lean into um, in these times of uncertainty, <laughs> for sure. And so you know, a second barrier that comes up, you know, in this call to to surrender yourself is to, you know, number two is admit your limitations. Um, you know, knowing that we aren't God <laughs> is really, yeah, really important, um, I don't know, we work so hard to try and be in complete control of our lives, um, yeah, I think the more we, the more I think about it, you know, well, the stuff we're trying to work for, you know, stuff like mortgages and, and debt, and, you know, trying to, you know, buy our next car, or buy our ne- next, next, you house, and have it all together, and, you know, have a, you know, save up for the wedding, and, and all these kind of future things, like, it just, I don't know, and for it to be taken away really quickly, anytime, <laughs> really, and, and realizing how fragile it is, um, you know like the globe financial crisis in 2008 like things are going smoothly and then all of a sudden like it crashed and all the whole you know subprime loans just kind of crashed the economy and people jumped out of you know buildings because they lost everything and just realizing how fragile a lot of the kind of material things are yeah like it it's just i don't know we work so hard to be god but like we we suck <laughs> we're terrible at it um you know, th- things go wrong and, and yeah, like <laughs> the whole whole world messes up and, and, you know, and it, and it's really interesting cause it's like, it's something that really tempts us as well. Like it's something that we f- fall into quite easily. Um, like it was, it was the first temptation, you know, on earth, I suppose, you know, with the serpent and Adam and Eve when, you know, he was, he was talking and trying to <laughs> deceive, you know, Adam and Eve about, you know did God really say such and such and you know surely you know trying to tempt them like oh like God doesn't want you to be God and, and kind of really kind of yeah pulling on their kind of almost like humanly and sinful instincts of wanting to be God and have that kind of knowledge of of good and evil and 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 yeah like it's something that was super super tempting um and and now You know, we're super broken, we're super depraved and, and we're not going to be good and we're never going to be be gods. Although our lives and the, the things that we're aiming for and really pursuing is, yeah, something so, so fragile and, and it just shows that, um, yeah, we're trying to be in control of something so fragile and it's not working. It's not worth it, um, and, 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 like, a little thought I had when I was in high school was just, like, this obsession, you know, back in the day when people really was into the game, like, of Sims. Like, building your own people, you know, for kind of, you know, playing God in a way of, you know, really forcing relationships and, and friendships and, and jobs and, and things like that. To, yeah, to kind of, kind of project, like, this God complex that that we we kind of have of of control you know we can stop someone from eating we can stop someone from going to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and to to kind of carry on with you know other tasks and that's that was a really interesting thought I had in in high school and it was kind of funny kind of dwelling, dwelling on it and just kind of like wow the whole games and the whole kind of franchise is kind of yeah, it speaks a lot about humanity, but I think that's a, that's a big, that's another kind of can of worms that, oh, I probably don't want to get into. It's so much philosophy, my brain can't handle it. Um, so, yeah, um, we are crummy gods. Um, and, you know, I think we should know who we are and trust in the one and only God is the conclusion of that, (laughs) that point, um, of, yeah, from the book. And so number three, the, yeah, I think the third barrier in regards to surrender is, yeah, to surrender is hard. Like you've worked so hard, uh, for a particular thing, or you've built your reputation or you've built your, you know, such and such in a particular way. And, you know, maybe God's call for your life is to go in a whole different direction. And, and that's, that's hard. (laughs) That's hard to deal with. Um, and, you know, we think we know ourselves well, you know, we think we've, you know, gone through all this, all the ups and downs of life and that has shaped you to, to who you are um, today and, you know like it's all the kind of mental health kind of quotes and, and motivational little bits, um, you know, on Instagram and and social media and and whatnot, like, you know, you've worked hard to to heal and you've worked hard to, um, you know, negate the opinions of negative people, you know, cut the toxic people out of your life and, you know, force yourself around positivity and people that are encouraging and, and motivating. And, you know, partly that's, that's true. Um, you know, it, it has been, you know, just in my own kind of personal journey at the moment of like, I've had to kind of put a bit of a like time out and a bit of pause. Um, yeah, around, um, yeah, some people that was just kind of, you know, kind of getting me down and, and really reminding me of my mistakes and kind of wanting to kind of, yeah, kind of like put me in the corner and just kind of tell me hey your mistake was huge like remember that and be reminded of that for a long time to come um and yeah like i had to like i've i think up until you know this year or a couple of years like i've never had to really cut friendships um off my my accord uh, so it was something new to me but um yeah it was it was definitely tough to do but i think um, a part of why I, you know, joined a gym that's so far away, like a lot of people are questioning that decision, um, is to, to find a new support network of encouraging people and very motivated and, and driven people um, so that, you know, hope that energy can rub off of me and, and you know, help me improve in, in so many different areas as well and, you know, help push me to different limits that I didn't think were, were possible. Um, for me. And, you know, to a, to a degree, it's, it's, it's been so, so helpful and, and meeting people from, from sport and just having lovely conversations with them. It's just, you know, having time, kind of just enjoying myself, having a laugh, you know, playing sport with, uh, yeah, with a of people that are just, yeah, I, like they're, they're great people. And just those, you know, lovely and encouraging conversation that I have with them just, you know, talking about life or talking about, you know, just whatever work or, you know, just the whole situation and, you know, seeing all the kind of funny side and and the silver linings with this whole pandemic stuff. And, and it, it honestly has been really refreshing um, to do. And, you know, we want to be like, Oh yeah, this is, it's kind of all my my decision. I know who I am. I like I feel like me. I'm feeling relaxed, and you know, like there is a sense of okay, those decisions were made, um, you know, by you to you know cut these people off and and whatnot. Um, but I think something that's actually deeper than that is kind of like, well, God's in control of all the decisions that you make. Um, and you know, sometimes the decisions that need to be made, you know, further down the track, maybe aren't so kind of clear cut and maybe aren't so kind of black and white and, you know, there's going to be so much gray and so much nuance, um, to, to come. And I think, you know, when you lean on your own strength and and knowledge and, and whatnot and, and your supposed wisdom, I think that's when you'll probably make you know, further mistakes and, and whatnot. And so I think when you have, you know, God, a loving heavenly father who, you know, is there, knows all what's going to, to happen and is written out a life plan for you and is sovereign over all your choices and, and things like that. I think it, I think it, you know, when you, when you think about it, it I think the logic kind of you know, falls in, falls in place and it all kind of comes together, um, to, hey, like maybe surrendering to God is not the worst. (laughs) That's a terrible way to put it. Um, I think, yeah, surrendering it all and trusting God in the, with, with our lives, I think is the best way to go. Like a lot of us are searching. A lot of us are asking questions about life. Um, you know, you know, there's that really kind of semi comforting thing, um, that, you know, people of my age in the mid twenties, are you know, sharing and kind of talking about just kind of like, well, you know, people might pretend they know what's going on and they have their life together. But I think everyone is just really scared and really doesn't know what, you know, what they're doing. And I yeah, I think no one's got, got life sorted out, um, um. And, and it's super uncomfortable uh, to be like, oh, I think I'm doing something, but I don't think it's going anywhere. And then you have all this doubt about the things that you do and, and that, that must be really unsettling. Um, but yeah, the book quotes um, C.S. Lewis, um, you know, the author of you know, Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe in that, the Narnia series, um, who, who was an atheist himself and then got converted later in life. Um, And he says, you know, "The, the more we let God take us over, the more truly ourselves we become because he made us. He invented all the different people that you and I were intended to be. It is when I turn to Christ, when I give myself up to his personality, that I first begin to have a real personality of my own. And so it's. Like, this is when talking about, you know, life decisions and whatnot, but I think the whole concept of trying to figure out, like, who you are is such a central question for, for all of us, um, for sure. Um, knowing, you know, who we are, what we like, what our strengths are, what our gifts are, and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, like that like <laughs> quote is really profound, but it's kind of like, you know, our instincts say, you know, to, in order to find out who we are, we need to go try different things, experience different things, you know, make mistakes. And that's, that's the way you kind of shape and, and figure out, um, you know, who we are and all those kind of big questions in life. And outwardly, yes, it, it does look like that. Try new things. Um, but I think yeah, at the core of it, behind all the kind of glitz and, and glam of, you know, the outward action, it really is just comes down to this total surrender to God to, you know, to be in line with, you know, who he created us to be is the way to find out who we are. Um, I thought, wow, that was a very kind of profound sentence that I just can't believe I said. Um, but, but yeah, like if, if God has created us to be a particular way, be, be a particular person that glorifies him and lives, you know, has its own, has his or her own kind of unique quirks and, and gifts and, and abilities. Yeah, as Yislam says, is when I turn to Christ, when I give myself up to his personality um, and his personality is totally, you know, fully in line with, you know, how God created, you know, man and woman to be. You know, that's when you, f- when you figure out, um, who you are. So you figure it out yourself. You figure out for yourself who you are when you go and love other people, when you, you know, love, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And when you love your neighbor as, as yourself, you start to see how you, um, see other people and how you see yourself, you know, you know, as you, as as humans, we've probably heard the phrase that you know you need to love yourself first to be able to um, you know love others effectively, and you know when you understand how much you know you've been loved by God and how God sees you and and you see that and acknowledge that, and you know your heart is attuned to that, you know you see yourself as valued and and chosen and a dear child of God like that expression of love, you know, to the people around you is, is key to finding out who you are. Like, it's not, you know, going to, you know, Barbados, you know, or, or a foreign country and figure, you know, and, you know, be initiated into a gang and, you know, find out such and such, like all the movies in Hollywood want to, want to tell you. Um, but it's, yeah, living as God created you to be, that is how you find out his, you know, intentions for you. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, I'm going to need to sit on that for a while. Um hope you've... Yeah. Yeah. Um, hope that's been really deep and profound for you as well. It's really hitting me at the moment. Sorry for for the silence. Um, I'll try and compartmentalize it and process it later. Um, Hmm. Okay. Um, (laughs) so, so yeah, trying to move on from that point. Um, yeah. So in, you know, trying to do the things God tells you to do and, god has intended you know it comes down to obedience um as we talked about in the last last couple um podcasts and yeah especially if it doesn't make sense um you know we talked about noah in the you know last podcast and you know how he was told to build a boat, even though it hadn't rained for about a hundred years and just had people jeering at him and his family was kind of concerned as well. It's just like, why are you taking 120 years or to, to build a boat? We've never seen water. (laughs) Um, you know, and all, all throughout the, the Bible are people that had to trust God when it didn't make sense. Like Abraham got told to just get up and go, um, go somewhere to leave his hometown and just to go. Like he didn't know where. Um, you know, big <laughs> picked up his stuff and just went. And, you know, Jesus with the fishermen in the boat. He just they weren't catching any any fish. And then Jesus kind of wakes up and he's just like, well, just toss it on the other side of the of the boat. Like toss the net on the other side of the boat. And the fishermen, you know, experienced fishermen, they know how to catch fish. And it's just like, um, that's a bit strange. But I guess we'll do it. And then, you know, they catch all these fish. Um, I guess Mary, I think the mother of, quote unquote, mother of Jesus, um, yeah, w- was told by an angel of God that they'll, she'll have a baby. And she was, yeah, she didn't have any, she didn't do anything in regards to, you know, bearing a child biologically and, and physically. And so it's just like, well, that's strange. <laughs> that's strange than an angel. God wouldn't tell me that, you know, um, yeah, that I'll, all of a sudden be big pre- pregnant and, and be with child. And well, you know, it's trusted and here we are. <laughs> and so anyway, um, so it's, yeah, I think obedience is, is hard. Um, but I think it's not, I think it's not just trying to obey rules. It's not trying to follow the law to a T, um, which obedience can kind of have that connotation of, hey, like, um, you know, just do better in obeying this. Um, And, like, that's not the heart of it. Um, I think the heart of it is, hey, like, things might not make sense now in life, and there's so much uncertainty but the opportunity is there to trust God more, um, and that's such a more kind of spiritual. It's a more kind of deeper and kind of more profound way of of seeing, seeing life. That you know, when we have this nuance and when we have this uncertainty, um, yeah, it's it's an, it's a chance. It's a opportunity window to trust God more, um, in it, um, and, and just seeing, you know, what he's got in plan for you and, you know, continue to do the next right thing, um, in, yeah, just obeying, um, his, his word and, and his call on your life and, and seeing it work out for your good. Um, there's a, uh, l- um, a lovely kind of passage in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, uh, from the Bible. Uh, I'll just read it out loud that it kind of really epitomizes this. Um, <clears throat> for it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And and yeah, like we've been, yeah, given this opportunity to be able to have a relationship with God and he invites us and with open arms to, to trust him and lean into him when there are so many kind of difficult times ahead and there's a lot of issues and mistakes that we make. Um, and And yeah, like there will be times where you will have to sacrifice something that you know you've worked so hard for means a lot to you uh, whether it's like you know a relationship or giving up a particular job that's kind of heading in the wrong direction or um yeah somebody will have to kind of lose family members uh, because they've turned to um Christianity and and yeah those are very devastating sacrifices and 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 what's really Great about Jesus is that he is someone that can empathize, sympathize, and empathize with us. Um, in the book of Hebrews, chapter four, um, verse fourteen, it says, "Therefore, since we have a high, great, great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses." but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not sin let us approach let us then approach god's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need and so what's great about you know having jesus as you know our our savior is he understands the the pain of temptation and and how difficult it is to you know obey the call to, to sacrifice things, um, you know, to obey the will of God. And, you know, this was definitely encapsulated in, you know, the night that he, before he was meant to be crucified. Um, he was just suffering this like crippling amount of anxiety, um, before it. And it was, you know, the Bible describes it as he was just dripping, sweat as if he was dripping, you know, drops of blood. Um, and you know, when you reach that level of anxiety, that's, that's, that's real kind of suffering. Um, and you know, in his prayer to God before, before it all, um, he, yeah, he prayed and he said to God, father, everything is possible for you. Please Take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will, not mine. You know, like he's, because he's fully aware of what's about to happen. Like to be crucified is one of the most excruciating punishments and executions that, you know, I guess the Roman Empire had at the time. It It is taxing and it is just, I think, I don't know, just run out of a superlative to kind of describe it of just how brutal that whole process is. The whole process of being whipped and, you know, having your bones and, and flesh exposed like that, being so weak, like he was so weak that he couldn't, you know, carry the cross up him himself that he had to get someone else to carry it. Um, and the whole notion of, um, I think there was a really great post by someone who kind of you know, illustrated kind of all the physiological effects of, um, being, you know, hung on up, you know, crucified on, on a cross because, you know, you have to exhaust yourself to, to get a breath like it. Yeah. I think the weight, cause you know, the weight of it, you know, having all this pain and people jeering at you and having to hold yourself up, you know, through your hands that are nailed, <laughs> nailed to a cross to, to get that breath. And it's just, you know, it just gets to this point of just physical stress and physical ex- exhaustion. And, you know, and having the guards like pierce his side and all this blood and water pours out as well is, is just signs that everything is just kind of shut down um, physiologically. And, you know, Jesus knew that that was the path that was to take to, you know, fulfill God's plan to you know, save humanity, I suppose, um, to die on that cross. But, but like, even then knowing that (laughs) he prayed next, you know, not my will, but yours. And he followed that through and, and obeyed that, you know, to the point of death. Um, and, and yeah, I like, you know, that's a really, you know, really out there example. And, you know, the best example we have, I guess, in in life, I suppose. Um, and, you know, if he, you know, Jesus is the only one who, you know, as a, as a human and also God was able to fulfill God's, you know, will and obey God completely and, and faithfully. And, and it's not that we'll be called to be crucified, um, cause I think, you know, that practice has been outlawed. Um, but you know, because that's been demonstrated for us to, to redeem us and reconcile us to God, I think when we, if that can, that was done for us, I'm sure, you know, our sacrifices that, you know, we've been called to make that might be difficult, um, you know, hopefully that we can kind of adopt the same mindset of Jesus. It's kind of like, well, God, not my will, but yours. Um, Yeah, like that's, like that's the heart of worship. And that's the, um, yeah, like that's the kind of (laughs) obedience that God has called us to. Um, Like that's the way to, you know, really understand God's call on your life, um, you know, there will be, yeah, all these different calls and, you know, we can choose to respond in obedience or disobedience, I suppose, you know, which is, you know, continue with our way of, of life and, and thinking. And so, yeah, this is, there's like a million things going on in my head. As I kind of think about it and process it, I'll probably need a few days. Um, but I think the struggle and I think the um, the thing that's kind of warring against a lot, um, warring against us and why this is so difficult, because I think this call that God is making in our lives is just... It just feels like warfare against our kind of self-centered nature, I suppose, because we want to, you know, like live for now kind of thing. We want to like, you know, be well off financially and be secure financially. And, you know, then you can, you know, be in a great relationship and great marriage and things you know, you take out insurance and you want to buy a nice car and have that well maintained and, and all, all sorts of things like that. And, you know, we want to build our bodies. Well, we want to get fit get active, get, get strong, be healthy. So, you know, we can fend ourselves away, you know, from coronavirus and other, um, you know, other sicknesses. And, and, you know, we want to, make sure we brush our teeth two times a day, (laughs) Um, a day to, you know, have great teeth until we're, you know, 80 or 90. So we don't need to, you know, have all these root canals done or have veneers or or whatnot. And, you know, in the perspective of now, like just here, life on earth, yes, (laughs) it's important to brush your teeth two days, two times a day. It's it's just the sign of respect, of, like, hygiene when you're talking to other people. Anyway, but I think, yeah, that's a very trivial and kind of funny example that came to my head. But, um, yeah, just when it comes to the bigger decisions that kind of take a bigger kind of priority in your life and much more of your time and, and energy and, and effort and investment, um, I think knowing God and what he's called for you is is going to be really important and I think it's worth obeying, um, and, and trusting in. Um, and you know, we're not gods. We're not going to be in control of the future. Like I saw this interview just, yeah, just, I don't know, as I was scrolling <laughs> through social media of like, um, an interview between like an entrepreneur and a futurologist, And that was the oddest thing in my head. Like, how do you study the future? But, you know, the future is not there. It's not within human comprehension. Um, and I don't know, like that's a job <laughs> that's been created and, and yeah, I don't know. It just seems odd that you can study the future, but it's not yet there in our current time. Anyway, uh. <laughs> anyway, I think Normally, <laughs> humans don't know the future and really can't predict the future. And it really is an, an exercise in putting a, you know, faith in, and trust in God in those, yeah, whatever anxiety and the stress you have about the future and, and the uncertainties of it. I think it's worth, um, yeah, trusting God with it, even though you don't know where it might go. And I think knowing that God loves you deeply, wants the best for you. He is someone trustworthy, knowing how much he loves you, you know, the extents of the act of love uh, through sending Jesus down. Like he is someone that you can trust and he's someone that you can know deeply, you know, through reading the Bible and, and really getting to understand, um, yeah, who he is. And, and yeah, like I think this... Today's reflection has just been really eye-opening, I suppose, and just pre- presents a really kind of strong kind of foundation um, to why, you know, trusting God wholeheartedly makes more sense than trying to figure out on our own, figure it all out on our own. And yeah, like this has been a really eye-opening thing for me, and um, I think you know, I've been to church for a long time, but it's just, I think just now where it just kind of, yeah, just has hit me now and I think it re- has really sunk in um, after all these years of listening to it, I'm sure. And, and yeah, like it's, <laughs> yeah, there's just this kind of like sudden peace in my heart about it and like hope it has for you too and, and has given you heaps to kind of think about it and, and reflect upon Um but yeah thank thank you so much for for listening. I love and appreciate every one of you um yeah for coming on this journey with me and um you know bearing with me with my <clears throat> you know sometimes mumbling voice, but yeah, um I hope it's um yeah been good uh, reflecting together uh, I suppose um yeah. I'll leave it there before I kind of drag on for, for, much longer, but thank you so much. Um, again, um, hope you're well, you know, hope this email <laughs> find you well, hope this podcast finds you well, um, you know, keeping safe and, you know, doing your duty to help other people survive this pandemic well. Um, but yeah, love and peace to you all. Um, I'll see you in the next podcast and bye.